We're answering questions from the Twitter sphere, extension candidates, trade targets, twins, all things twins on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. It's Sunday, November 13th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Nash Walker, four seasons, writing at twinsdaily.com, three seasons, hosting a daily podcast. What a win for our Vikings today. How about that? What a game. What a win. Justin Jefferson is incredible. I'm back to answer some questions from Twitter, from the Twitter sphere. Really interesting. Thank you so much, as always, for sending questions. You can always send me questions. If you want me to talk about things on the show, send me topics, questions, and we have time this offseason, and, and we can get to those. So Josiah always brings brings the questions, and we, we appreciate you, Josiah. We got a group today of great, great inquiries from Twins territory, and maybe outside of Twins territory. As well, we're not limiting. Maybe some Sox fans in here, yuck, but that's fine. That's fine. Josiah, will you be doing quick reactions with Brandon Warren this offseason after moves? We don't have anything planned. So Brandon and I did the postcast throughout the season after most Twins games. We don't have any anything planned, but I like that idea, and I like the idea of having regular guests on the show this offseason. I think that's something we're going to do. I think we're going to have you know, Nick Nelson and Ted Schwerzler and Brandon and hopefully a bunch of other people come on and share their offseason blueprints before we really get going. That's kind of something I've been thinking about recently uh, to have like a bunch of twins bloggers and writers on to share what their ideal offseason would be. So we're going to get creative. I don't have anything planned with Brandon after moves, but I'm sure we'll get varied opinions after moves on the show. So don't worry about that. If you're looking for uh, for someone else than just my voice this offseason on Lockdown Twins. Josiah also asks, would you bring in James Click or David Stearns? James Click just uh, divorced the Astros, their, their GM. I think he was GM, maybe Pobo. But he's gone from Houston. They just won the World Series. And then David Stearns stepping down in Milwaukee. Two of the higher regarded execs in baseball. It's interesting timing for the Twins. If the Twins... We're coming off like their third or fourth consecutive losing season. I would say, okay, it's time for this front office to to move on. Like, honestly, if they have a, a down 2023, I think we're going to be having that conversation next year. That's three straight losing seasons, and it doesn't feel like we're going in the right direction at that point. So I would say click Stearns absolutely in play for the Twins. But right now, they're just not in that position to to move on from this front office just yet. And they know, I think, that this is a big offseason. And I think because the Twins uprooted so much after the Terry Ryan regime, just like cleaning house, basically, I don't know if there's there's a desire to go through that again right now. Maybe there will be after another losing season. There's pressure from ownership reportedly that the, the Twins need to win. So we'll see what happens after this year. But I don't think Stearns or Click will be out of a job at this time next year. Maybe, and maybe we're, we're talking about it then, but for right now, it's just not a realistic possibility, although I, I obviously hold those two in, in high regards as well with Stearns in the pitching pipeline in Milwaukee, James Click with the success in Houston. 
clearly they would be they would be targets if the twins were in that market but i just i don't think they're in that market right now sean realistic trade targets brings up pablo lopez from miami uh i'm i'm bringing up woodruff and burns and sean mentioned woodruff as well in the question and josiah also asks trading jorge polanco and matt walner for pablo lopez so pablo lopez has come up a lot and we we went over pablo at the trade deadline and a little bit last offseason because he had three years of team control remaining now he has two things changed for him a little bit in 2022 he threw 180 innings so he had like his healthiest season in a long time but his era was was high you know he was closer to league average than he was well above league average Pablo's not somebody I would personally like break the bank for, although he's somebody absolutely the twins would target. Like he's their type. He's right-handed. He doesn't throw super hard, has a great changeup. He's kind of like the Mally paddock, even a little bit of sunny gray mold, but more Mally and paddock two years of team control, just like Tyler Mally or just like, yeah, Tyler Mally had a year and a half, but we were discussing that possibility when he had two full years of team control. I like Pablo Lopez. He's like a good number two, number three starter. I don't think he's a number one, and I honestly don't think there's a bunch of upside for him to be a number one because he just doesn't have the velocity. And he's good. Don't get me wrong. Like He's well above average through 180 innings last year. He would help the Twins, and he would be one of their three best starters. He's probably at this point, I don't know if he's better than Sonny Gray, but if you looked at the last like three years' body of work, he would be. You'd probably put him right there with Gray and Malley. I like Pablo Lopez. Would I trade Jorge Polanco and Matt Walner for him? Maybe. Maybe. I need to know what the other moves are. I would I would do that if I knew that I was going to invest money at short or I was going to invest money, big-time money in the outfield or get another starter, like invest big-time money on the starting pitching market. I would want to know what the other moves are. That wouldn't be the first move I would make of an offseason. If I was able to get Correa and I was able to bring in Mitch Hanniger and I was able to bring in, you know, I don't know, Jamison Tyone, then maybe I'm going to go take that extra step and trade Polanco and Walner for Lopez. Because if you get Correa, that's more glut in the infield and you can move people around. And I think for Polanco, he is a trade candidate this offseason just because there is a, a log jam at first and third base. And Luis Arise has to play somewhere. Miranda has to play somewhere. Kirilov's going to have to play somewhere, probably in the outfield. Polanco could be the one who is moved from that glut. And this is the type of deal Polanco and Walner for Pablo Lopez we could potentially see but right now if that was the first move I would say no I would need to know more of what they were going to do this offseason before I'd pull the trigger on trading one of their best players and Jorge Polanco uh, for for Pablo Lopez along with Matt Walner who I think is going to be pretty good as well but yeah Sean I mean Pablo Lopez Brandon Woodruff Corbin Burns those are the top three I think on the starting pitching market there will be surprises maybe Zach Gallen. Uh, you know, maybe Sandy Alcantara, there's some rumblings that he could honestly be available. Do I expect the Twins to be involved if, if those guys are available? No, because they don't have the farm system and teams like the Dodgers do, and they, they'd be first in line for, for those starters. And that's the case for Lopez, Woodruff, and Burns. But I think for Lopez more, more specifically, because he's not like an ace, he's not Corbin, Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or Zach Gallon. he might be more attainable for the Twins. I just, I wouldn't do that particular move right now more trade targets to watch upside with josh winder free agent reclamation projects so much to get to chance of signing an outfielder this offseason so much to get to after this word from bet online football man what a game minnesota vikings betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there 
From football to basketball to soccer to esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. It's not just football. Hockey's back. College hoops are back. The NBA. So much to go play and so much to go do at BetOnline. Not just play. Podcasts. You can find those. Fastest and easiest way to get any fix you need for sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Outfield, someone to watch, a, a trade target to watch is Teoscar Hernandez in Toronto. Teoscar has one year of team control left at a, a pretty high arbitration salary, 11, 12 million, I believe, is his projection in arbitration. I'll check up on that to make sure. But he's somebody to watch because he's right-handed, and I think the Blue Jays will be motivated to get a left-handed bat in their lineup. They're really right-handed. Their payroll's already at $175 million. Teoscar's actually set to make $14.1 million in his final year before free agency, and I don't think they're going to re-sign Teoscar Hernandez. I could be wrong, but I just they have money tied up in George Springer. You know, they're eventually they're going to have to extend Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They have Jose Barrios' big money on the books. Matt Chapman's going to be a free agent after this year. They might want to secure him at third base. There's a lot going on here, and I don't think it's going to be Teoscar. They extend. He's 30 years old. He's coming off another good year. He's a, a wonderful right-handed hitter against lefties. He's decent in his career against righties. He was an all-star in 2021, but I think fits the Twins mold beautifully. He was a three-win player this year, played 131 games. He hit 267 OPS plus at 127. And if you'll remember, my number two need for the Twins was a big bat and preferably right-handed. Teoscar would, would fit that bill. And this leads into the question from Greg. Chances of signing a left fielder for Kirloff insurance. Why not trade for Teoscar Hernandez for, for outfield and, and left field insurance for Alex Kirilov? And in return, the Twins and Blue Jays, I think, match up wonderfully on a deal. The Twins have left-handed corner bats they can deal. Max Kepler, Trevor Larnick, Alex Kirilov, bunch of left-handed bats. Matt Walner, if they wanted to trade Walner in a deal with Toronto, they match up really nicely here. And I think Teoscar is a guy to watch because the Twins can take on that salary. They can take on $14 million in salary. And we've seen this regime really love to go get guys who only have one year of team control or two years of team control because it's less risk and the, the deal is going to be less profitable for Toronto because he only has one year of control and it's at a pretty premium salary. Not premium for if Teoscar was a free agent, but for an arbitration player, $14 million is somewhat premium. I really like Teoscar Hernandez. He's someone to watch. Keep an eye on him this offseason for the Twins specifically. I think that would be that would be great. John asks, what the what's the upside with Josh Winder? And is that going to be unlocked as a starter or a reliever? Here's what we know, John. Josh is a great slider, right? His slider metrics and everything about his slider is is borderline elite. It's Griffin Jack's territory from a year ago in 2021 when he was starting. The problem is, like Griffin Jack's his fastball gets destroyed. And he can't get through a lineup multiple times. The fastball velos fluctuated, I think, partly because of the shoulder injury. I'm I'm hopeful that Josh Weiner can still remain a starter. But I think if you put him on the Griffin Jacks trajectory, there's no question that he's going to find that upside as a reliever because he does have an elite slider. And I would guess and bet that his velocity is going to stick more as a reliever like Griffin Jacks. Griffin Jacks added three miles an hour on every single pitch as he moved, moved to the bullpen. Like, Winder's already 
you can you can tee him up for 97 out of the bullpen with his fastball. But a lot of guys throw 97. You want to try to have enough starters. You want to make sure you're producing starters and winders, maybe their best pitching prospect a year ago. So it's important that they, they don't just move everybody to the bullpen, not everybody, but winders on the border. Like if he has another tough year starting, he's going to be in his late twenties. I think you're going to see a, a bullpen move or like a, the swingman role or a long relief role, maybe just not as a traditional starter. If his fastball continues to get destroyed, it's just not, it's not tenable as a starter to have your fastball getting hit for, you know, 400 Woba or whatever it was. It was ridiculous in 2022. I think there's upside with him, John. I think it's as a reliever. We'll see. Maybe he surprises everybody, stays healthy, and, and his fastball doesn't get destroyed in 2022. We'll see. But he, or 2023, he does have an elite slider, elite slider from Josh Winder. CJ2K is wondering is Pete Mackey the long term pitching coach? And is Tommy Watkins going to be at third base? Apparently, the players and the pitchers really like Pete Mackey. And they told Derek Falvey in the front office that they would prefer Mackey to stay in that role or something along those lines. So, at least for right now, Mackey is the long term solution at pitching coach, but every, I would say everybody's kind of on the seat, not the hot seat, but on a warm seat for 2023, that this needs to go well in a lot of different areas. They're not going to be afraid to make changes. That's an ownership that's via the front office. Things need to go better in 2023, especially in the second half. So it is Mackey right now, CJ and Tommy Watkins. It sounds like will remain as the third base coach. I love Tommy. Some better calls need to be made in 2023, but that's a tough job. And nobody likes their third base coach. No fan likes their team's third base coach. They think I've never heard a fan say that they think their third base coach is good at his job. So we'll see with Tommy. I love him. Um, you know, I love like the energy he brings and like he's beloved in the organization. We'll see. Uh, we'll see about him at third base in 2023. I don't know. It's got to get better. Matthew pre arb long term deals. I love this question. Pre arb means before players get to that arbitration process. We always say six years. You have six years from when your service time clock starts. Three of those years in the majors are pre-arbitration. That's a salary of about $750,000. And then you go into three years of arbitration before you go to free agency and you get those built-in raises in arbitration. So Matthew's asking, guys who are in pre-arb, they have not yet reached arbitration. That would be prospects. Uh, you know, Jose Miranda's in pre-arb. Jose Miranda's part of this, this list. I would say they're clear extension candidate to me is Yoan Duran, and he has five years left of team control. I would buy out those five years at $20 million guaranteed with two $10 million club options. You know who signed that deal? Emmanuel Classe. I would like replicate the Emmanuel Classe extension and give it to Yoan Duran. That's five years, $20 million with two $10 million club options. I think the buyout is $2 million on those club options, which to me, that would be a no-brainer for Yoan Duran. There's some risk, but that would be a no-brainer. You're buying out two years of free agency uh, with club options. Jose Miranda, six years, 38 million. You're buying out all of his pre-arb and arbitration for 38 guaranteed. And then two club options on top of that. That would be a deal I'd be interested in. Um, the reason this is so below market is because these guys are going to be making 750,000 for the next three years. And even if they have wonderful seasons, you know, the most they can make someone like Jose Miranda can probably make an arbitration is you know, five, eight, and twelve million. Luis Arise is going to make five million this year, and he just won the batting title. Like arbitration is just not made to pay players a lot of money, and that's by design. That's by design in in the CBT. So Miranda, six years, thirty-eight million. Joe Ryan, I would go seven years, sixty million. Couple of club options. That one to me is is more risky, and I don't think the Twins would ever do that. But 
I, I wouldn't mind like a seven-year extension for Joe Ryan that would buy out two free agent years and you have two club options on top of it. And then the last one would be like a high risk, high reward and not even high risk is 50 million guaranteed to Royce Lewis over six years with a couple of club options. So you're just buying out all those pre-arb years in the arbitration to get a couple of years that they would have been free agents, you know, two years on Lewis and two years on all these guys for club options. Those numbers are small, the guaranteed numbers, but guys want to get their money. Like that's guaranteed money. And you saw like Ronald Acuna Jr. signed a below market deal. Guys do it all the time. Royce Lewis is represented by Scott Boris. So I don't, I don't know if he would do that, but maybe he's thinking like I've had back-to-back ACL surgeries. Let me get my $50 million on this extension and, and be set for life, you know? It's something to consider. Like I think about it for myself. I would love to get fifty million guaranteed, but there's also that I'm betting on myself angle of it too. Like I believe in myself. I believe in my knees. I think I'm going to be a star level player, which he should believe that. Royce Lewis. Same goes for Ryan and, and Miranda and, and Yohan Duran. Those would be my four, Matthew, that I'm looking at. Kirilov's just too risky to me right now with the wrist. But Lewis, Ryan, Miranda, Duran. I would love uh, would love to see extensions for at least a handful of them. Uh, this offseason and into spring training. Adam, free agent reclamation projects from Adam. Well, I would say the number one guy this offseason who I think fits <laughs> fits the Twins bill, he has a history with Derek Falvey in Cleveland, is Mike Clevenger. And Twins fans have seen Mike Clevenger as a frontline starter. That was when he was in Cleveland. He hasn't been that guy. Two Tommy John surgeries. Didn't have a very good second half with San Diego. The velocity came back down after it looked it looked good. You know, he looked fine, and then he just ran out of gas at the end of the year. But Mike Clevenger is such a clear reclamation twins type of target to me. Somebody they see more upside in on a one-year deal. I think he's going to be looking for a, a one-year deal to reestablish his value. And we're talking about someone who was a frontline starter in Cleveland. They traded him to San Diego. San Diego didn't get much out of Mike Clevenger. Like they barely got anything. Uh, I think the second half of the COVID season, and then he had Tommy John missed, I think, all of 2021, and then came back and was one of the worst starters in the second half in 2022. Clevenger's a clear reclamation project for the Twins. I could see it. Like I almost I almost believe that it's already happened that they signed Mike Clevenger, which I would be okay with that because he fits in well in that he's not you're not going to expect a lot of innings from him and he could be a sixth man like a six six starter for you but I I hope that they shoot higher you know as their main pitching target this offseason but Clevenger uh can you stomach Dallas Keuchel I couldn't but he's <laughs> he's a reclamation project when I think of reclamation I think of guys who were once good or who once had promise and you're hoping to reclaim that promise. That's how I think of it. So Mike Clevenger, Dallas Keuchel, someone I actually liked before he just signed with Colorado. He just re-upped and went back to Colorado was Jose Ureña. Uh, electric stuff, you know, sinker 96, 97, electric, electric stuff, terrible numbers, but somebody just like a minor league deal. And you could, you could see what he has in St. Paul and maybe make some tweaks. He's a reliever or something, but he re-signed with Colorado. So that's a moot point in the outfield. Obviously, Joey Gallo is a reclamation project for any team. Probably one year, you know, seven, eight million to see if he can get back to being the four, five, six win player. He showed signs of being and was in Texas. Joey Gallo. Kevin Kiermeyer is really interesting to me as a reclamation project. He was never a great player, but he's a great defender. And he's left-handed, which he could be Buxton insurance, but he's a lot like Buxton in that he's he's often injured. But that's amazing. Buxton insurance is an elite center fielder out there, but he's often hurt like Byron, similar player, not nearly the bat and the power, but he's left-handed. 
And he could be a decent backup for Byron in center field. Could even start in a corner against a righty if you wanted to get elite defense out of a corner from Kevin Kiermeyer. But he's a, he's a reclamation project in the outfield. Adam mentioned uh, Michael Conforto. Clearly, yeah. I think he's going to get paid too much this offseason, to be honest with you. But yes, I mean, he would be a reclamation project for the Twins I could see as well. But I think because they have more glut in the outfield, in the corners with Larnick and Kepler and Walner and, and Kirilov and all those guys. I don't think they'll spend up necessarily on one of those guys unless they trade for a right-handed bat like Teoscar Hernandez, but left-handed corner bat, I just don't see them spending a premium. If they were to, I'd want them to sign Michael Brantley, who's a free agent. He missed basically all of 2022, but you've seen what he can do. Twins fans know Michael Brantley as well. What an addition he would be if he was healthy and could get back to the Twins lineup. I don't know how much outfield he can play. He's probably mostly a DH, at least to start 2023. If he gave you even 75% of the bat he had, the, the bat-to-ball skills, you know, the consistently hitting 300 with an on-base percentage of 375, it'd basically be like adding another Luis Arise to your lineup and Michael Brantley. So I'd be all over that uh, on a reclamation deal, as you would say. Relief, bunch of them. Uh, Trevor May, Adam mentioned, another good point. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, <laughs> Aroldis Chapman's a free agent and the Yankees basically cut him, got rid of him and he didn't make the playoff roster. Aroldis Chapman, Tommy Canely is really interesting to me. Pitch for the Dodgers, barely pitched because he's had a bunch of injury problems, but when he pitches, he is nasty. Upper nineties, great change up. I like Tommy Canely a lot. Ken Giles is the same ton of injuries, but when he, when he's on the, on the mound, he's one of the best relievers in baseball, super electric arm, but just can't, can't stay healthy. Zach Britton, same thing. You know, Zach Britton, when he's healthy and when he, in his career, one of the best relievers in baseball, has trouble staying healthy. And then Evan Marshall is an under-the-radar target as a free agent. He was great for the White Sox in the COVID season in 2020. He's also dealt with a bunch of injuries, wasn't very good. He's a reclamation project as well. I would bet you the Twins will sign one of these guys. Clevenger, Keuchel, Gallo, Kiermaier, Conforto, Brantley, May, Chapman, Canely, Giles, Britain and Marshall because they love they love that they love going after those reclamation projects we'll finish with bats and leather asking when is the next playoff win gonna be 2023 we're gonna manifest that for 2023 that'll be the next playoff win bats and leather actually asked if it's gonna be in the next decade and I I'm gonna say 2023 we'll just say it we'll say it's gonna happen and then Josiah will finish with this um well, I guess we already did Polanco and Walner. So we covered them. We covered all the bases. Thank you so much for your questions. As always, if I missed your questions, I apologize. Actually, we will finish. We have one more. I forgot. Blake asked, what are the, the chances that the Twins re-sign Carlos Correa in my mind, like the percent? I'm going to put it at 13% that the Twins re-sign Carlos Correa. That's my, that's my official prediction, 13%. For the twins to resign Carlos. Thank you so much again. Appreciate your questions so much. As always, if you have questions, send them to me. We'll do more of these. And as I said, we're going to have guests on. We're going to have people on. We're going to have twins analysts on to break down this offseason as we get underway. Thanks so much for making Locked On Twins your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. and As always, go Twins.